Hello and welcome back. I'm Lily Clemendina, your host, and this is American Horror Stories Episode 3, Coven. So here we are, a third of the way through this stellar series. This season has been pegged as one of the most basic choices for favorite seasons, but it really does live up to the talk. Along with Asylum, this season has many true interplanned plots, and the trigger warnings for this episode are sexual abuse and sexual assault, rape, death, animal cruelty, murder, slavery, and brutality. The season follows a group of young girls who discover they have powers through traumatic events in their adolescence. The first episode follows a young woman named Zoe Benson who attempts to perform intercourse with her boyfriend. During the act, her boyfriend suffers some kind of fast onset illness which looks like a heart attack or stroke and dies. It's later revealed that one of Zoe's abilities as a witch is killing people she gives pleasure to. So this is when her mom tells her about her bloodline and about an academy across the country called Miss Robichaud's Academy for Exceptionally Young Ladies. It used to be a war hospital, but was then converted back to a witch academy after World War II. She meets three other young ladies there who are named Queenie, Madison, and Nan. Um, and the headmistress, Cordelia Fox, who is played by Sarah Paulson, my bestie. So she goes to a frat party and meets a very nice young man named Kyle. It's kind of like a token golden retriever boy, the gold amongst his scummy friends. So during the party, um, Madison Montgomery is assaulted by, is sexually assaulted by some of Kyle's frat brothers. Obviously, this is horrible, and Kyle was not a part of it, but, you know, still a horrible thing that happened. So Zoe finds Madison in shambles crying on the bed, and then they go outside to find the boys who violated her. They see the fraternity getting on a bus, and as they're driving away, we're like, oh no, they got away with it. But Madison lifts her hands and flips the bus, just like, completely in the air. So, there's only one survivor, which is one of the main rapists. So, at the hospital, Zoe uses her newfound power to mm, stimulate the survivor, causing him to flatline from an aneurysm. So, this power doesn't really come into play throughout the rest of the season, but it was really cool for an opener. So... Now I'm going to be giving a brief summary of the season now that we've met the main characters. And honestly, to know the true crime aspects of the season, you don't really need to know the story, but I'm going to tell you anyways. So I've already explained the first part of episode one. After the bus crash, Madison and Zoe break into the mortuary to find Kyle, because surprise, surprise, Madison is a necromancer. Let's add a little more spice to it. So they find a room with all the frat mangles and limbs and Madison uses this as a chance to like build a boy so the girls stitch a bunch of limbs together and finish it off with Kyle's head since he was one of the good ones they then perform a ritual that you know reanimates him so to avoid suspicion they return him to his mother's house and say that the identification from the crash was not good it was faulty so she accepts this because she loves her son but a little too much so this episode, we learned that Kyle's mother has been sexually abusing him since he was probably a young boy, right? So um, that's obviously a horrible thing that happens to too many people. And he, okay, so I forgot to mention one thing. Kyle isn't exactly normal now. He can't, he can't really talk and he mostly just communicates through grunts. I mean, it, you know, he did just get like kind of brought back to life. So I feel like it's kind of justified. So Frank and Kyle doesn't know how to react when his own mother, someone who's supposed to like love and care for him, tries to grope him. So he like, you know, rightfully so, gets very mad and ends up smashing her head in with some kind of trophy. I don't remember what it was. 
But Madison and Zoe go back to check on him, like, hey guy, how you doing, Mr. Zombie? And they find the body. And then he's, he kind of like manages to, you know, hint that she was a bad person. So they're just like, meh, okay, what are we going to do? We don't know. So they burn it to hide the evidence. And she was kind of a little bit of a crackhead. So not a lot of people missed her, I guess, because it didn't come into play again. Oh, but Kyle comes to stay with them at the academy. So there's a bunch of filler stuff, but it's not really relevant to the true crime. So I'm not going to really get into that. But basically, some stuff goes down with the Supreme. And oh, a Supreme is like a head of a coven. So that makes sense. It's like a president. But yeah. So, okay, never mind. In the show, there's a woman named Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen of New Orleans. She's actually a really cool person, and she was also a real person. So, born in 1801, Marie Laveau was many things. A herbalist, midwife, and voodoo queen, amongst others. She opened a boutique for wealthier people in the area, which is the main setting in the show. She was a hairdresser specialized in African-American hair, um, which was not very popular at the time, right? 1800s. And as hairdressers do, she learned her clients' troubles and offered her services to amend them. And by services, I mean voodoo crap. <laughs> so you can currently visit her tomb in New Orleans on a tour, which is really cool because, you know, she helped a lot of people, maybe did some strong moral choices. But other than that, I think she's a pretty good person. So the season's opener, um was set in the early 1800s. And I know I said that it starts with Zoe Benson, but it really actually starts, the like the very first scene is Marie Laveau in the 1800s. So this one we met, or not Marie, I'm sorry, Madame Delphine Lallery. So she was actually a horrible person, a real person, and she was just as horrible in real life. So yeah, um, in the show, she's seen using the blood of her slaves as like a DIY face mask and claimed it gave her like infinite youth. Which actually kind of gets granted a little bit because, um, who, what's her name? Oh, right, Marie Laveau or whatever. She curses her with immortality. So, yeah. So basically, she is a horrible bigot slave owner who hates her daughters and thinks she's better than everyone. Yeah, so the real Lothery mansion caught on fire in 1834 and was presumably set by an elderly woman chained to the stove, most likely you know, a cook slave. So citizens broke into homes to aid anyone who may need assistance. And they discovered several several <laughs> rooms containing slaves who had been severely tortured, some of which died after being rescued from the inferno. Lalaurie managed to escape the fire and fled before anyone could find her. In 1888, she died in a boar hunting accident in an unspecified location somewhere in France. And you know, I'm not usually an advocate for death. Yeah, no, who am I kidding? I am. But um, she deserved to die. Yeah, she did. I'm not even gonna, you know, glorify that. But okay, moving on. One of the most interesting cases to me, and I'm not gonna say one of my favorite serial killers because that sounds like I'm romanticizing it. And no serial killers are good people unless they're justice killers. But that's another story. And one of my favorite cases, I guess, it's, it's very interesting to me, is the Axis Man of New Orleans, who made a cameo this season. I was very happy when that I saw that. So he was actually never caught, but he was profiled as a white male in his late 30s to early 40s of working class status. He killed about six people, not about, he did kill six people and injured six people as well. And his killing spree stopped just as mysteriously as it started. His rampage lasted a total of 17 months from 
what what month is it? Oh, right. May of 1918 to October of 1919. So he was active in New Orleans, Louisiana, and other surrounding communities. The axeman of New Orleans' final victim was Mike Pepitone, and some say that that was his endgame. So normally in this case, a killer's other victims, like previous victims, are surrogates for the real target. But this killer crossed gender lines, which, you know, isn't unheard of, but I mean, it's still not as common. Usually people stick to the same MO and same victim pool, you know, but he even crossed race lines as well, which is really odd. So in the show, the ghost of that man befriended the headmistress's mother, Fiona Good. So she's actually the Supreme, which, you know, I said before is like leader of the coven. Um, yeah. So they kind of fell in love a little bit. I don't know. It's a really weird show, guys. And so they went on like a love riddled bender, resulting in major delusions. So coming back to Marie Laveau, there was a character of the season named Papa Legba. So he's actually a real, like, not, t- I don't want to say tail because, you know, it's a belief, right? So he's a very mm, popular in voodoo culture. Okay. So he's said to be some sort of spiritual crossroads and gives permission to speak for the spirits of Guinea and is said to speak all human languages that have ever been invented. So he's normally depicted as an old man with a cane and top hat smoking a pipe with ashy gray skin and long black or dark brown hair. His story originated out of Haitian voodoo and is invoked at the beginning of every ceremony. So, you know, it's cool character. It really is. In the show, he's portrayed really interestingly and it really left me wanting to know more about him. So I actually did Google him, right? So it was really interesting. I enjoyed it. I think they casted him well and everything. I think it was good. So in the show, Marie Laveau, the voodoo lady, she had to deal with Legba and she sold her soul to him as well as one innocent soul each year in exchange for immortality. So this is kind of, is it immoral? Yes, because, you know, there's a flashback at the beginning of the season and this is like when we kind of learned her backstory. So basically she's like seen giving up her baby to him while she's like crying and it's really sad um yeah it's really sad but um that's kind of it this was definitely a shorter episode and if i'm being honest i didn't have a whole lot of time to write it guilty you know but um i think it was it was a really good season it was fantastic lots of true crime very gory was it terrifying no was it a cinematic masterpiece Absolutely. I highly recommend watching it as well as the previous two I've mentioned, which are just a reminder, Murder House and Asylum. So next time I'll be reluctantly, reluctantly, I hate the season. I might just not do it. Maybe I just won't do it. (laughs) Talking about American Horror Story Season 4 Freak Show. Hope to see you there. Bye.